the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by Green Blooms, floral design at an affordable price. Hello, and I know, yes, yes, we're still here, and this is episode 23 of the Potty Plotters Plotcast podcast. And I think we should have a fanfare now, Julia. Well, have you got one? Well, I've forgotten the uh, instruments, but I can do this. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we'll move on then. Uh, but thank you for that, Julia. And uh, yes, I'm Elaine, and I'm Julia. And if you'd like to get in touch, oh blooming heck, I've left the uh, I've left the card. I have to write I it down. I can't remember it. You can't <laughs> spit it. I spat all over the microphone. You I can. can't. You can't. I can. Go on then. Let's have a like, test. Well, I feel like I'm a mastermind <laughs> now. Right. It's... <laughs> oh no. But it's... Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Potty Plotters. Looking at Gareth, nod, yes. TikTok at The Potty Plotters. Email us, naughty, naughty corner at pottyplotters.uk. And our website is pottyplotters.uk. You see, I can't give you a round of applause because I've got no idea if you're right I'm or not. So, shall Gareth. I go and find my Gareth. shed? Shall I get in the shed? Mm. Gareth, that's ah, all right. No, we're all right. Okay, well, we'll waffle we'll okay. through that. Well yeah, done indeed. And actually, somebody has been in touch, and it's a very brave person indeed because it's Dave from Derby. And Dave is actually a plot holder at this very site where we are sitting. And he caught me, Julia, at the gate. Honestly, I know, I know. And I could not believe because he accused me then and there of being responsible for the late sowing of his parsnips. Now then, sadly, Dave had been listening and catching up rather than following. So he is just caught up on parsnips last week. Very late, Dave. But we will take the blame if it's our fault, as you know, for anything. But. The podcasts that we record are relevant to the time of year for the weather conditions and planting seeds and plants too. So there we go, David. And if you are on site, please lock the gate, lock yourself in and I'll come and find you. You will find that if you press that button, I am not responsible for your parsnips. No, but David, what I would say is set them anyway. Do it. Follow our trick. Set them anyway. You're going to get smaller parsnips, but you'll still get parsnips. And size isn't everything, David. Right then, moving on, onward and upward. This week, we're going to be talking about loads and loads of stuff, including sowing carrots, potting on squashes, setting pumpkins in the muck heap. Oh, I love a muck heap. Dahlias, making comfrey tea, greenhouses, making wigwams. I'm just looking round. Uh, climbing beans and uh, let's plant some cabbages outside too, if anybody's got a minute. So a full session for everyone. So pin back your ears, sit in a comfy chair and let's get ready to Fumble. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. we're going to talk about today then is setting carrots in the soil so outside I can tell you that the soil is now warm the things to remember for me are always giving plenty of room for your lines I do like a line of carrots not just sprinklings everywhere the types of carrot carrot fly and also don't forget the protection of them and watering 
Can I just check, how do you know the soil is warm enough? Have you had your bottom out again? I haven't had my bottom out yet, Julia, but I have put my hands on the soil and they've been in it this week because I've been so busy. And I can tell you that, honestly, it is a lot warmer now and the soil is warm and it's perfect for germinating all of our seeds that are out there. So, Julia, I know that you've already planted some carrots and you've done it this week. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I've already planted uh, a row of carrots. The variety I've planted is called Marion, which is a nice stubble variety and uh, already they are starting to show through so that's only seven days and they're already up but what I would say was I was on my knees for quite a while because I planted quite a long row and then obviously even though I've got tiny little fingers I still struggled to separate them so what I would say to anybody is go and get yourself one of them seed tapes it makes it much easier less fumbling around and if you've never done it before it just saves a lot of hassle so in the long run. So again then Julia what are these tapes all about how does it work so the, the tapes are I suppose they're about as thick as sellotape if you yep. can imagine sellotape yep. and um, they're very papery and it, on the paper it's, oh, well, it's almost like tissue paper and in the paper the seeds are actually impregnated at regular intervals so that you've not got to do the spacing out brilliant and the tape comes in about six meter lengths so you get loads and loads for your money and all you do is literally tear the tape it really is like tissue paper and then you just make your groove in the in the uh, soil lay the tape and then just gently cut back cover with a bit more soil water in bobs your uncle and off you go it's a lot less hassle than sowing the seeds yourself some people may say well the tape's more expensive but then by the time you've thinned out and the time it's taken you well you know it might be worth a go give it a go why not but, of course, the most important thing, no matter whether you're doing it with tape or whether you're doing it and sitting there like I have and thin them out, is you need to cover them. You need to cover your carrots, otherwise you'll have carrot fly. When you say cover them, what do you actually mean? Well, I cover them with a, a product called EnviroMesh, which is a very tight uh, netting. Or I have seen people use the old net curtains that your, your grandmother used to have up. But obviously, don't go for any of those with fancy patterns with big holes in. Otherwise, the carrot fly will just get through, won't it? And I always used to plant my carrots in dustbins, the old metal galvanised dustbins that are around three foot tall. And what I found is they never, ever got attacked by carrot fly. What I did find was that I did need to thin them out, though, quite regularly. But put them out of the way. And all I did was a scattering on the top of the uh, bin, which I'd filled yeah. with compost, multipurpose compost, and absolutely brilliant. So that's what I would recommend. Evidently, carrot fly can't fly that high. Oh, I think they're starting to learn how to fly that high because I think they're parachuting in now. So uh, even though we've done them high, I've still had issues with them. But like you say, a big dustbin, you might not you might get away with it but uh, I think personally growing carrots is one of the biggest taste differences to what you get in the supermarket so give it a go either seed tape go and get yourself a packet of, of carrots there's all different varieties there's little round ones and they're perfect for kids because they grow really quickly they're... I don't want a small round one I want a long one you want everything long, don't you? The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters sponsored by Green Blooms Right then, come on then, Julia. Let's move out of this beer garden and let's move up to the top of the plots. So we've come to the front of my plotty lane and... Uh 
it's fair to say you're having a good play with that horse muck. What are you doing? Right, well, I've got a load of horse muck, and what I've done is I've tipped three bags uh, into this trough here. So it's a raised bed area. And now all I'm done is having wet it through loads and loads of water. I've now mixed it in with the soil. And I'll tell you what, it looks blooming edible, this does. I mean, not for me, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful that I've lost my sense of smell. But uh, <laughs> Gareth, how does it smell? Bloody horrible. <laughs> Is that about me or it? Um, I think on this occasion it's <laughs> it, because it was quite fresh, wasn't it? <laughs> it is fresh, yes. So all that we've got here is we've got jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. And this is absolutely blooming lovely, Julia. Well done on behalf of me. Yeah, we only planted that two weeks ago in episode 20. And no, three weeks now. ago, wasn't is it? it? Episode 20, yeah. We're on, track of time we're on 23. This is 23. Yeah. So. Okay. And look at it. It looks really healthy. Well grown indeed. About six inches in height. Two, four, six. Six leaves. That'll do me. And all I'm going to do now is squeeze its bottom <laughs> and loosen the roots. Oh, look at the roots on that. Blooming lovely, Julia. And much. down with your little tiny spade which I would call a trowel, but there you go. And all I'm going to do is take the label out, plant it. Now, I've got my gloves on it and squish it. Elaine, darling, if it's going in fresh horse muck, yeah. will it damage it? Because normally we're told not to plant in fresh horse muck. No, they love it. Absolutely love this. So not a problem at all. And look, it looks happy. If a plant could smile, it would be laughing. Why does it like the horse milk so, like so fresh? Is it because of the moisture? Yeah, and it retains the moisture as well, but it's food. I mean, it's like lying in a Sunday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it like that. I, know, I don't think I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> now what are you up to? <laughs> right. I've moved across now to this next raised bed that you've made out of uh, pallet collars. Absolutely lovely, Julia. And again, I've loaded horse muck <laughs> like it's going out of fashion on here. I can't find any soil. <laughs> but it's okay because actually it doesn't need any soil. It'll be very happy in this. So pallet collars going up about two foot uh, by... If I said a metre, that's mixing decimal with, yeah, no, with that it's other... It's not a metre, it's about half a metre. All oh, right, half, okay, half a metre. Anyway, whichever. So all I'm going to do now is... Uh, the horse muck I did smash up, so there's no big lumps in it. I don't want any lumpy muck. So all I'm going to do now is make a big hole. There you go, that'll do me. And then a lovely plant, Julia, Crown Prince, which is a blue... Uh, fruit which I think was lovely last year that you grew I didn't do it and look a lovely root ball thank you do is pop it down here into the muck take the label to one side and then squash it into the muck <laughs> <laughs> squash now, it into the muck Julia look at that now that will that will be happy because we have although we've taken all of this fresh muck out of our muck heap yeah. we have planted directly in the muck heap before haven't we yeah. we've not done it this time because we want to put more muck in yeah. but we have planted directly the only problem was it got so big we couldn't move it no and um, I'm hoping it won't happen but I know that it will trail everywhere so we'll just make sure that we uh, keep a grip on it but I tell you what it, they look brilliant honestly well done thank you very much the plot Podcast with the Potty Plotters.
Elaine, have you washed your hands after you've been in that muck heap? <laughs> Is it something that you can smell, Julia? Um, <laughs> yes, I've moved my gloves to one side and I've put them ready to actually wash the leather, but they are washable. And uh, any smell that you can smell is not me. <laughs> You're pointing at Gareth. Just no, anyway, anyway. So what have we been up to this week? Loads, because we are still in the busiest time, I think, for allotmenting. Um, we are now on the longest day of the year. Yeah, it's all downhill from here, isn't it? <laughs> it oh. is, yeah. Welcome winter, here we go. But it means that we've still got lots of long days where there's lots of light, lots of sunshine. We've just got to make the most of it. I have been non-stop deadheading the perennial flowers. I have been on my hands and knees weeding, believe it or not, struggled on occasions to get back up again. But it's incredible that we're actually harvesting as well. Broad beans and potatoes, can't beat it. Yes, and also the beer garden's been very, very busy. Have you noticed? Now it's got all summery in the afternoon. Nobody wants to do any work. So they've all been round and they've wanted a pint. So uh, And that's what it's all about. Yeah. We've got to have some fun as well. Yeah, it's not all work, is it? So I've been allowed to talk again. This is unusual, but uh, thank you, Elaine. And we're talking sponsorship. So as we mentioned last week, we're now being sponsored. So if you're a business and you'd like to partner with us, please do get in touch. Naughty Corner at pottyplotters.uk. This episode is sponsored by Green Bloom's Floral Design of Derbyshire. You may remember Tina, who was with us on episode 11 discussing spring flowers and displays. Green Bloom's Floral Design is a small floral business based in Derbyshire who give a personal and affordable service. Whether you're after displays for your wedding, your funeral, a gift or bouquet, contact Tina. Search Green Blooms on Facebook and Instagram or at greenblooms.co.uk. You'll also find them linked from our social media too. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by Green Blooms. Right, before we go any further, I just want to say a few words, only a few, Julia, don't no, be worried. That's not possible. About, it's true, honestly, <laughs> about dahlias. Now, some people call them dahlias, I call them dahlias. And uh, for me, they are food for slugs and also black flies. So keep an eye out on all of your plants at the moment. And what I've noticed is that I've got black fly already on some of my dahlias. So what I've done is I've nipped along with some washing up liquid, diluted into water, and I've sprayed them and it's got rid of the black fly. The other thing is that I have used some nemeslugs over the dahlias and I'm hoping, therefore, that I don't get any slug damage. Take note. The other thing is that they do need some support because some of my dahlias are going to go to about four foot, five foot. Cracking. So I know, I know. I've told you before I do like a big one. So what I'm going to do is I put some four foot and five foot canes and I do them in a triangle. I put plant pots, little tiny plant pots on the tops and then I thread string all the way round all of the um, canes. And I do that simply to support the flowers because some of them have got big heads. Oh, can I ask you, Elaine, why did you, pl- why did you put plant pots on the top of your canes? Uh, because I can. 
<laughs> you mean it's not to stop you poking your eyes out? Oh, it is that as well. Yeah. yeah. Did I tell you that my sister poked her eye the other day with doing that? She didn't she... put a plant pot on the top and she caught just underneath her eye and ended up at A&E. So, Jacqueline, hope you're feeling much better and that you're listening to this. It is a good word of warning. And I did it once, but thankfully I was wearing my glasses. So, um, but yeah, good, good. that's a top tip, actually. It is, yeah. Get plant pots and stick them on your sticks. Top-notch advice. No Latin included. The Potty Plotters Plotcast. So we've come outside to the front of my plot and I'm quite glad it's you, Elaine, because it's another smelly one. Not me. (laughs) That's not very nice, is it? But yes, you're comfy, Julia. And all that I'm going to do is I'm going to just show people and talk to people about making comfy tea. The flowers themselves are fantastic for the bees, but it's the leaves that I'm actually after. You can put some stalks in. All you want is an empty bucket, fill it full of comfy, like so. And then all you need is a watering can. It's so simple, it's ridiculous. But the great thing about comfrey tea is, while it reeks, and I really do mean it really does stink, it's a brilliant feed for your tomatoes and cucumber. So all you need to do is make sure that everything is covered with the water, like so. And that's taken just a few seconds, that's all. And then stick a brick on it, like that. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey was that oh, payback for the mark? Yes. hey now i'm going to cover it that's all i'm just going to cover it and i'm going to move it and leave it for a couple of weeks while it stews down it goes dark brown in color and it really does stink but what you do then is dilute it just like you would a tomato feed dilute it with water and put it around your tomatoes and cucumbers it's fantastic hints and tips for shortcuts to success the potty plotters podcast it's the middle of summer, Julia. I'm outside the greenhouse and you have gone in. What the heck are you doing in there? Well, why are we doing this in the middle of the day, Elaine? It's boiling in here. <laughs> but the reason I'm in the greenhouse, and you'll notice I'm in the greenhouse with the cucumbers and also the aubergine. And the reason I'm in this greenhouse at the moment is I need to raise the humidity levels. I mean, I'm quite hot, but obviously the cucumber and aubergine really like high humidity. So there's two ways you can do this. I'm okay. going to either water the ground i've got my water because uh, i've got a concrete floor in here or you could just put some uh, pots and fill them with water and leave them in your greenhouse but another thing i'm also doing and i won't do this in the middle of the day but to improve the set on the aubergine and on the cucumbers i do like to give them a spray with my sprayer in the morning and that improves the set and it'll also hopefully ward off that dreaded red spider mite. And you're doing that before the sun comes out, I noticed. Yep. Why? Because if I do it when the sun's out, fully out, then obviously the sun is going to burn the water that is on the plant and make holes in my... Well, make marks all over my plant. And so I don't the moral to the story is get up early in the morning, come down, get your greenhouse done and get out of there. Absolutely. Now let me out now. Hey, Julia, before you come out of the uh, greenhouse, I've noticed you've got some marigolds that are planted in the soil. Yes, I've planted them and they hopefully will deter the white fly in the, uh, in the greenhouse. But I noticed you'd got them all over the place, not in a nice line like mine no and what i've done is i left them in the greenhouse last year they've self-set so i've got hundreds of marigolds all for free did you leave them on purpose or did you not get round to emptying it sure we're going to talk about making wigwams 
Uh, are we going to be playing Cowboys and Indians, Elaine? Well, something very similar, but um, not everybody knows what a wigwam is on an allotment, Julia. So what is it and what are we going to use it for? So we're going to use it to uh, grow our beans up it. I actually don't do wigwams, so I don't know why you've made me answer this one, <laughs> but uh, I do the uh, rows of beans rather than a wigwam but I know you like a wigwam I do like a wigwam and yes. you always have to make a wigwam with an odd number yes case? I oh, you do, do. that's what you tell me yeah. yeah definitely it's aesthetically pleasing you're very strict are you you're... flapping Julie because I can hear a lot of noise going on <laughs> ideally I would have put them in before now because the ground is quite solid so if you are going to put them in make sure that the ground is a little bit wetter so I would water the ground because you want your canes to go in about a foot of the Otherwise, the weight as the beans grow will tip the wigwam over. But they are, you do need something to, to grow the uh, beans up. So. so what do you actually do with them? <laughs> Stick them in the ground and tie them together. <laughs> right, and so you space them <laughs> around. <laughs> so I space them out about a foot between each of them and then stick them in the ground and then I tie them in. I pull them all together at the top and tie them together with a <laughs> Swiggling around with your fingers. Nobody can see it, Julie. It's a podcast. This is what people listen to. Okay. <laughs> so tie them at the top, yes, having pulled piece, them together. With a piece of string. But I'll tell you what oh. I have seen someone do. They leave a gap. So they make them quite wide and leave a gap in there and, and grow beans or sweet peas up. And then they do make them almost like as a little teepee and the kids sit inside them. Oh, we can do that. You're not going to put me inside that teepee, are you? There's every chance. <laughs> So, Elaine, I've got the cabbages from episode 16 here. Uh, you've not put them on the list, so I've been holding them back and they're a bit pot-bound. Oh, now. so it's my fault. <laughs> your, yeah. name, your name's not David, is it? By any chance, Julia? Just thought I'd ask. Anyway, <laughs> so I've got them here and I am going to plant them out today, like okay. it or lump it, otherwise they'll just um, bolt then otherwise. So I am going to put them out. I'm going to put them in the ground. I've prepared the area, made it nice and firm by walking on the ground because, again, like any brassica cabbages like a nice firm bed and uh, i'm going to stick them in and then cover them with some debris netting to make sure that the cabbage white butterflies can't get them so you do, do like a little cage around them i do yes because otherwise i mean We've seen it happen time and time again. People put brassicas out and they come back to stalks the next day and that's no good. You've got to protect them because the pigeons will have them from above, the slugs will have them from below. So I'm going to plant them. I'm going to give them about, what, 40 centimetres <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you turned into another language there? 40 centimetres? What's that in English? Yeah, about oh, stop holding your hands, Julia. I keep on telling you. You've got a speaking part. Now what you've got to learn is to use that rather than to demonstrate. Right. right so is that about a foot? But just over a foot. <laughs> right. Yeah, just over a foot. And I plant them with reasonable spacing. And they're going to look quite small when you first put them in, but they do need room to grow. Don't we all? You want to talk about elderflower cordial, don't you? I do, yeah. Well, it's free, that's why. When I say free, uh, elderflower now is out in an abundance. And uh, don't take all of the elderflowers because we want the elderflower berries. Uh, that's what actually happens with them. They turn from flower to berry. But that will be something that we'll cover over in the autumn. So all I can say is that to make elderflower cordial is so simple. I just think it's one of those things that children love making. And I used to do it when I was 
Little with all of uh, my brothers and sisters, we used to go round and collect elderflower. Now then, elderflower is not cow parsley. And now that sounds simple, but it's not. <laughs> How can someone tell? Well, because Julia elderflower smells of elderflower cow parsley is something that grows on the hedgerow but it looks like elderflower so what i would say is look for an elderflower tree and if you smell it it smells of elderflower cow parsley does not smell of elderflower that's the first lesson right then so all you need is 20 to 25 it's not an exact science um, um heads of elderflower but you need to take them when the sun is shining because then the flowers are all out and they're at the most pungent all that you do is you put them into a great big bowl and you add around a liter and a half of boiling water make sure there's no insects by the way get rid of all of them otherwise that's a that's a vegetarian thing you wouldn't like them then would you <laughs> no. so all that you have to do is pour the boiling water on so you scolding the elderflower and then what you do is you add the zest of three to four lemons if you want to put in an orange in that as well you can but not the whole orange just the zest add that to it put a cloth over and leave it overnight to steep that means that it's just going to take all of the flavors then what you do the next morning all you have to do is to strain it get all of the elderflower off and all of the zest and you add a bag of sugar and a bag of sugar weighs a kilogram now then i'm dead shocked that i remembered that but it does and it's just a granulated bag of sugar and it doesn't matter how cheap it is the cheaper the better who cares and then add that to now the uh, water that now will taste of elderflower mixed with the lemon now what i want you to do is to chop the lemons up and get all of the juice out and add that to that mix and then simmer just for a few minutes whilst all of the sugar dissolves and now what I want you to do is to boil it for around three minutes, that's all. And then all you've got to do is bottle it. I would advise to keep it in the fridge because when it is that um, it starts to... Uh, Ferments? The word there is being used by Gareth because if you don't keep it in the fridge, it actually does ferment. Ooh. Yes, thank you, Gareth. Does it become alcohol then? That indicates to me that he was actually listening. What a shock. I mean, <laughs> a complete shock. But yes, it does. And it does go off. So all you need to do is to keep it in the fridge and it will save up to three months. And you dilute it? Yes, used as a cordial. Do you want to know the speaking part? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So next time we'll be talking about problems on the plots. <laughs> Loads of them. <laughs> People wouldn't believe what happens on the plots and outside of the plots, honestly. <laughs> and we'll be chatting to Philip Turville, who is the eco-business director with the Field Studies Council. An amazing, inspiring, enthusiastic bloke who taught us lots of things we didn't know about nature. But before then... Plenty of time for you to get in touch and tell us about your allotment problem and what you have done about it. So then we can share your advice and hints and tips. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters. Sponsored by Green Blues. Floral design at an affordable price is an Amberland Media production.